0: Well, what's up? Whoa, well, that's good, fam. I am so pumped for this podcast, as I am normally always pumped. But today, especially, we have a great person on the podcast. I've actually never really hung out with this person yet, but he <laughs> seems amazing from afar, and I can't wait to interview him. So welcome, Bear from Need to Breathe to the podcast.
1: Nice. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, we're so excited to have you on. Honestly, um, everyone that I've told that you were going to be on the podcast has been very excited. we got some big fans around here. <laughs> uh, nice. And I would be lying if I said I wasn't actually. Um, whenever you know, we saw, I saw I was going to get to do this podcast. I was so excited because in high school. Me and my brother, like I remember it so vividly. We'd have all the doors off to the Jeep and we'd crank up, wash by the water. Like that was our song. (laughs) And one of my favorite songs still is um, Difference Maker. I love that song. So we've been listening to y'all's music for a long time. So it's very excited to have you on the podcast. And we're going to get into talking about your new album Into the Mystery soon. But first, I have to ask you the question that I ask everyone. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given?
1: Um, you know, I thought about that a little bit <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's a tough one. There's a, there's a, a bunch of ways I could go with that. But I think, I think, um, the best advice I've been given is that is to remember that everybody has a story. Um, mm-hmm. and that if we don't know it, maybe we shouldn't be rushing to yeah. judgment on that story. That's um, good. you know, I think I'm, especially someone who has a microphone in my face a lot and, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's easy to kind of way in, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it, yep. it feels like every person I meet, that story is so extenuating and crazy. And so, um, so anyway, it's something I need a reminder of.
0: That's so true, that's so good. It's even like, it or just, this is so for the now, but with the Simone Biles thing with her stepping out of the Olympics, that's a classic example. Everyone has a story, no one knows. Yep no one knows what's actually happening and so who are we to have our own little opinion about someone else's big story and so that's such good advice i love that so um a lot of people know you from need to breathe or i know you have your own stuff going on now too but let's backtrack to just your family life because i know my listeners are typically a lot of college girls and are suckers for relationship stories so (laughs) how did how did you and your wife meet
1: uh, we met in college. We went to the same school, a little school in South Carolina called Furman. Um, and I, this is, I mean, kind of crazy for me to think about, but our first date, um, I was a little bit of a romantic, I guess. I took her to the airport um, to watch <laughs> planes take off and have a conversation. Uh,
0: no way.
1: Yeah. Uh, and also, I was probably just cheap, <laughs> but but we go there and and um, we had this insane conversation and she was a little, a couple of years younger than me. So... Um, I just was blown away by her and what, what she wanted to do in life and what she cared about. And, and, um, we talked for a couple hours, I think on the first date and then, wow. and then I called my mom that night and I was like, I'm going to marry this person. Wow. Um, which is probably silly to think back, but I just knew like there was something to this. Um, and then, uh, we dated a little while and then, um, she kind of, she was a freshman in college at the time and she's, and she would admit this to you that she, she kind of got like a little agreeable. Does that makes sense? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, she just was yeah. kind of like, and I, I think I was a junior at the time. So, um, we broke up for a summer and, um, and she went home and became this, like, she was like. You know just hardcore brad pitt would be lucky to date me kind of you know <laughs> <that attitude. laughs> um, awesome. and so when she came back uh from college we were both on a fca like board thing together and i yeah. did music she did something else so um it was really it it was um it was kind of amazing and then quickly cool. after that we were dating she became the band's first booking agent
0: Oh, that's um, awesome!
1: Yeah, so she was good at multitasking better than I was. I played football and did school, but not much school. Uh, that's but she awesome. was, she was. Yeah, I, I talked her into doing that. So, um, luckily, she doesn't have to do that anymore. But that's where we started.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I did see that you played football, and you were actually like really good. You, you low key were like, yeah, I played football. But I googled you, and you were legit. <laughs> did, did you ever think that you would do something in football, or did you always have your heart on music?
1: Uh, I I probably did at some point, but pretty mm-hmm. pretty quickly. The band formed when I was a freshman at school. So, I wow. mean, nobody wow. took us seriously or anything, but we were kind of <laughs> taking ourselves seriously, and and yeah. we started doing I don't know fifty or sixty shows a year while I was playing football. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I think I knew pretty quickly. No matter where the football thing went, I wanted to do music.
0: That's cool. Um,
1: yeah, which was an insane choice when you're in college. It just does it doesn't especially at a good school I was getting a scholarship to. Yeah. <laughs> my parents for were sure. like, You should do something with this education you got given. Um, oh
0: my gosh. Hey, yeah. sometimes it works out. Like my grandpa, people know him as like the duck commander, but 40 years ago or so, he was playing football, and he was actually ahead of Terry Bradshaw at his school. He was the starting quarterback. Then he left football to build duck calls, and everybody thought he was crazy. (laughs) And that was way crazier than starting a band. You actually had some good direction and some promise. (laughs) He He went with duck calls. Uh, That's really cool. So how did Need to Breathe come to be? You said you were a freshman
1: yeah um just we were the annoying kids on the hall and and like uh with the djembe and a couple of acoustic guitars it's very coffee house ish vibes um yeah. for a while um and we just wrote songs i never really um was the kind of cover band person i never knew i, I mean still to this day I don't, I don't know how to play like three other people's songs <laughs> um so i just was trying to write songs and figure it out and we were just um probably taking it way too seriously to be honest with the, at the time mm-hmm. um But we knew it was kind of a calling. And I Mm -hmm. I think I knew I was kind of waiting on that calling to happen in my life. I grew up with with, a preacher as a dad and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So I was like, that felt natural to me. And then sort of when I stumbled on the music thing, I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. And and, Yeah. um, yeah, we just started playing like the clubs around town. Honestly, and that's we awesome. we made a little circle a little later about like five hours around our campus. We got to be the awesome. biggest band in that circle or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> but it was a lot of self promotion and um, um, just hard work, really. Because mm-hmm. even when I got out of school, we were the band was together for like four more years before we got signed. Wow. Um, so you know, there was no there weren't a lot of up arrows pointing for us at the time. But yeah. um, so that's kind of I think that that sort of rootsiness is sort of still. Uh, ingrained in us um Mm -hmm. and also an appreciation for kind of what we have um it was a long slow climb if that makes sense
0: no that's cool yeah because i think a lot of people see people where they're at when they make it big and then they want to do that but they don't know (laughs) that that takes a lot of years and that takes a lot of hard work so What you said you kind of felt like it was your calling, but even in that, I love how you were like, we wanted to be like the biggest band here. So where y'all are at now, has that just like far exceeded any expectations that y'all ever thought your band would be?
1: For sure. I had zero idea of I mean, honestly, our biggest goal at the time was just play the club in town and try to sell it out, 500 <laughs> tickets. You know,
0: that's um,
1: awesome. I remember, like, our second album. We that's the first time that actually happened in the southeast. We've been playing all these places like 20 times, um, opening for people and all that stuff before they sold out the very first time. And when they did, we thought this is as big as it gets. This is you this made is it. amazing. You made it. I didn't even know there was another venue we could play
0: that's awesome so what was y'all's like breakthrough moment if you will or or was there because i feel like sometimes people look back and they're like it just kind of happened slowly but was there a moment for y'all that it really felt like a transition
1: i think our the the third record we made was called the outsiders Mm -hmm. and that record i think was the first where we sort of understood what we were doing all of a sudden like everybody thinks you're making music which you are but you're really trying to have a communication or like a conversation with your audience and -hmm. the music is just a way to do that i think um and and i think the bigger bands figure that out that yeah it's just a tool you know and um i think for us we kind of we spent the first record trying to be something we weren't and then we (laughs) tried to the second we're trying to prove that we can do everything you know and then it was like the outsider just felt like a record where we were talking just like it was coming from us um and that just started to Connect. And I even remember the first time around we were touring on that record. It felt like um, the tickets weren't necessarily selling more, but the comments we were getting back from people were like, I'm living my life to this. Or, I, you know, That's I had someone cool. pass and this is what this song got me through wow. it. Um, and we were calling our management and stuff. We're like, I know you don't believe us, but something is happening. It feels like. Wow. You know, we've kind of broken through that thing. And um, so I, I do think that was a big moment for us. And it that's really cool. hasn't stopped since, if that makes sense. yeah.
0: No, you can see that. That's so cool because it does feel like that happens in life. It's like the times that you try really hard, you strive for something or you, you do something that's not you. It just doesn't work. And then the time that yeah. you strip it back, you're like, hey, no matter what happens, I'm just gonna be me. That always is what works because yeah, it's Yeah, sometimes relatable. it's incredibly
1: hard to be easy. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's so true, yeah. that's so true. We overthink things so much. So I'm interested to hear about like you realizing that this is your call because that's something we talk about on this podcast a lot um, because I feel like a lot of people, especially with the age group that is listening to me, is like, what is my call in life? And how do you feel like you knew like, oh, this is it because, you know, there's so many things that you could have done even with football or, you know, you're getting you're falling in love with this woman, all these different things. How did you know? I feel like this really is the thing that God's going to use in my life. Whoa, or just text woe to five hundred five hundred. That's audible a u d i b l e dot com slash woe, or text woe to five hundred five hundred to try Audible for free for thirty days.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I think it's it's more than one thing. I think you know, um, I had a love for it. Mm-hmm. first of all. And I think that's huge. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, good. I don't think it's always, I think I grew up with a lot of, a lot like my, uh, a lot of siblings and stuff that were missionaries and all those mm-hmm. things. So it felt very like, oh, this is going to be something terrible place that you don't want to go and you're going to have yeah. to sacrifice everything, you know? Um, yeah. And it's not always that way. It certainly wasn't mm-hmm. that way with me. Um, and I think the gifting was part of it. I mean I was even unaware of it in some ways or it took some people coming alongside and saying like I think maybe you have something like your I voice is unique and um for me to go like is it you know is it <laughs> just weird or is it unique <laughs> yeah. um, um awesome. and so I think some of those things and then um just a lot of I had a grandmother or I have a grandmother that I rely on heavily for these things like this that yeah. was she sort of spawned all these uh missionaries and pastors wives and musicians and all that stuff and yeah. And we would have a lot of conversations about that. And and it does seem to, you know, I think you can try to force it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, You're looking for the calling so bad and you want to sacrifice so bad. And that's there's not that's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times open doors um, really have to play a pretty big role in it. Yeah. And I think I think probably a lot of wasted time, even within my calling, you know, is pushing on a door that's just locked. Yeah, it's good. It <laughs> feels like sometimes. And it's just like, I just got to have it this way. I know exactly where this is going to get go. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think for us, you know, I guess my encouragement would be that, that, it, you know, it takes a lot of time sometimes for people to figure it mm-hmm. out. And also some of those mistakes are also part of the journey. Yeah. Um, and I don't even mean like, you know, you learn from them. Of course you do. But like, I feel like some of us are just stubborn, you yeah. know, and for me, I really needed to like make all just bang into walls for a long time before I was prepared for what the next step is.
0: Yep. Um, And
1: so maybe I was a slow learner or whatever it was, but it it does seem to me, it, it, uh, made me ready to have a different conversation now Mm -hmm. than I ever could have, if I hadn't gone that way. So there's some trust in that, you know, I think, I think, um, I don't know, I would just encourage people. They don't feel like they have that calling yet. They probably don't. And that's okay. That's you know, good. this is part of like, this is your tent making season. You know?
0: Yeah, that's so good. I love that. One of my favorite verses is in Psalms. It talks about like, unless the Lord builds a house, the labor is labor in vain. And it goes yeah. on to say like, they eat the bread of anxious toil, but the ones that trust in him, he gives his beloved sleep. And I love that because I can think back into the times where I was trying to like get something started, you know? and it just doesn't happen, it doesn't start. Again, you run into yeah. the walls. We tried to do a tour like way prematurely and it just didn't work. Like We sold like 40 tickets one time and like in a Reno, we're like, okay, <laughs> not working, you know? Right. And yeah. so, you know, you just, but you just try so hard and you know, uh, eventually I kind of laid that down and was like, God, you know, I'm going to let you build this thing. And since then, now things are happening, but I'm not so anxious. I'm not so stressed because I'm not trying to make it happen. I'm just responding, like saying yes every day. And it's so cool to see that happen. And I think it's inspiring for people to hear that from you especially even like the not insecurity but the questioning of Do I is my voice cool is it unique is it just right. you know whatever because when people see someone like you they're like oh well if i had that voice then i would be confident then i would know right. but to know that everybody has to say yes to the call god has on their life everybody has to you know trust him with that and choose to be confident in what he's given you. It doesn't just come naturally, even if you're super talented. So that's that's cool to hear. Um, So you have three boys, right? Yes. With really cool names. What are your boys' names? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Wilder Woods and Waters.
0: That is just like, that is legit. You and your <laughs> wife have got some good names. And your solo um, band, well, I guess is that a band, is Wilder yeah. Woods, right? Of your right. two boys. How do you think uh, being a dad has impacted some of the music that you put out?
1: I think in every way. Um, cool. I'm, i And honestly, I think, I mean, I think um, the impact happens first with me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like uh, they've had such a crazy impact on how I try to live life, and I'm somebody who has uh, has dealt with or struggled with anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, my whole life, and it's like it's not like seasonal, but it's cyclical. It's it feels like if, if it's not here, it's coming a lot of Same. times. Um, and I think I think the kids just add a perspective on life for one mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, it's it's easy to come home now, regardless of how the tour went or the record mm-hmm. sold, and it just yeah. be like overwhelmed by. Um, that feeling that you do belong here and you are loved. Cool. And and um, I think that's powerful, but also just sort of the freedom that they exude. They have th- completely different personalities. They're not the same at all. And they're all insane. They're, <laughs> they're all just like, we've got, it's all boys. there are six, four and 11 months. And it's like, it's just chaos all the time. <laughs> but the thing that they, they all sort of share, which is this, beautiful thing like um of when they walk in the room they could just be butt naked with their arms out and like <laughs> they're like here I am world take me you know That's they're awesome. just so so open to experiences. Yeah and I think it really showed me like how often I'm not like that. Yeah. Um and I just felt like man if they can do it surely I can. Um so a lot of the stuff that we've talked about on the last couple of records I think have to do with that idea. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's so much, you know, um, trauma that happens along life that that causes mm-hmm. those things, and we start to right. react those ways, and then we get habits that, you know, it's like you right. can tell I've been in therapy, but <laughs> it's just um, I feel like the, a lot of the records, the last couple records anyway, have been really heavily on that, yeah. um, you know, tackling things like being a little easier on yourself. Um, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like. Probably one of the most common things. I think people, you know, lay in bed at night, like, should I have said that? Should I have done that? Oh, all that, all the time, that kind yes. of thing. Yes. Um. And that's just crippling. Yes. <laughs> and and so anyway, I, I feel like that battle that I'm on, I try to communicate that in the songs now, and hopefully people can relate to it. Yeah. I've never been a. Um. I mean, our band's always said this. Like, we're not trying to teach anybody anything. Mm-hmm. We don't have any of the answers. We're more about yeah. experiential, you know, relationships that we're trying to. Mm-hmm. Um, to show people it's okay to ask those questions and feel those ways, but it's also okay to move on from it.
0: Yep. I love that. You definitely get that in your music. I actually wrote down a line. uh, My favorite song on the newest album, one that really spoke to me was What I'm Here For. And that song You're right, and it it, um, it makes you question some things in your life that are so good to question. And I love how you said, I say, God, I'm only human. He would say, that's what I'm here for. And I think (laughs) that that's so good because so many times, you know, we feel like we need to be something bigger than ourselves because there's this expectation that the world puts on us to be that and sure. that can be crippling and that can make you really fearful because you know you can't be that and so that yeah. was such a good reminder even when I was listening I was like wow like yeah that's what God's for like that, that's who he is that's <laughs> right. who he's going to be so I was going to ask you like what that song meant to you as you were writing it
1: yeah it, it uh, that one means a lot to me um, I think it's kind of um what i've been going through i grew up super like conservative christian parents that were great mm-hmm. but also products of the 80s and all those things that, and what i mean by that is just like that was a very rigid time mm-hmm. and basically it was like all things are off limits. Let's, let's talk more about things we don't do than the things we do. Yeah. There are hundreds of absolute truths. They're all that's just mm-hmm. the way my Sunday school was growing up. So it so you can imagine it feels it creates this thing where like righteousness is somehow this inner circle that we've got to mm-hmm. keep working on. The longer you do it, you get closer and closer. And, and that's where mm-hmm. God is, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've found in my life that to be the opposite of the truth mm-hmm um, I've found that surrender and surrender can only happen when you realize that you've screwed it up. Yeah. You know, you are in the true. worst place that you could possibly be and you give up. And then God's true. like, I love you more now than ever. Yeah. Um, and that's so, such a powerful kind of turnaround. So I think that's what that song's about. Like I, I need room to be wrong sometimes is in that yeah. chorus before it I says that. that. And, and yeah, it's like, it's- um, I really feel like that's true with me. And it's a reminder um, you know, of some things, I went through some pretty heavy stuff six or seven years ago, mm. um, in our family and with my wife and just really, and, and that was the truth that I took away. It's like, man, mm. I messed this all up. Mm. And the second I was like, I can't, I can't do anything. God, if I don't care what happens with this situation, like, I don't know if I'm going to lose my family, I'm going to lose my job, mm. all these things like, but God, I know I need you. Mm. God's love during that moment was stronger than I'd ever felt in my life when wow. I was trying so hard. Wow. Um, so
0: Wow. That's powerful. When you, cause I read somewhere that you like had written like a ton of songs during quarantine. It was like 70 or something. It was crazy. Like, what is that writing process look like for you? Is it something that when you go to channel all the emotions that you're thinking about or process things that you're going through, does it just flow out or, or sometimes it's more of a stretch and a search?
1: I could, you know, I could write every day, probably mm-hmm. if I just put myself in a space, like I, I really gotten into the, sort of, not a ritual, but almost like this, this thing, like, uh, I want to make the room clean and, you know, put some incense on and like really get Set into a place. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> um, so that's been, I, I could probably do that every day if I, if I wanted, um, what was cool about this time was we we had just put out a record and I, I didn't have a record to write for. Um, I was doing some co-writing, but it had gone to like zoom co-writing and mm-hmm. I didn't love that part anyway. Yeah. So. Um, it's not the what vibe. What was pretty amazing. What's that?
0: I so said that's not the vibe.
1: Yeah, no, it's not no, the vibe not at all. The vibe. Um, and so I I started just writing with no um, no end in mind. I wouldn't say no purpose, but just no ambition, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And, and just really started to kind of um, be like, if I was a kid, what kind of music would I want to hear? That's cool. And you know what what do I want to? And so and I my wife would come in and be like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like uh, just dying laughing because something <laughs> new happened. And just That's be overwhelmed awesome. with this joy. It's like, I'm just chasing this thing. I That's don't know what fun. it is. Um, and so I had more fun sort of creating music than mm-hmm. I ever had. And I would come in here sometimes. and like, I'm going to write a country song, even though I can't write country songs you know, <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, That's fun. and just have a good day with it. Yeah. And, it's crazy that it turned into a record because it certainly wasn't the intention at the beginning.
0: That's nice. So, this new record, Into the Mystery, that was not like what you had planned. It just kind of came to be.
1: Yeah, because the band had put a record out like a year ago. Yeah, and I so saw that. Even the label was like, uh, we're not giving you money to make a record. I had, to, <laughs> I had to make some other reason to get the budget for the record, actually.
0: That's um, funny. So
1: it was, yeah, it was just, too, so that was just very freeing. Like, wow. I don't think art is a means to an end. And, mm-hmm. but in music, you can get on that sort of schedule where it's like, oh, well, next year, we got to have some right. content. We got to have right. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it's just beautiful to kind of like, be a kid again I was like eight years old like it wasn't my job that's awesome Um, and so yeah I'm I'm loving that part like and and we've kind of poured that over now into the touring side too which is um really awesome we're having more fun than we ever have
0: that's awesome i've actually seen y'all twice live now so y'all are so much fun such a good concert and i'm sure it's even just gonna get more fun if you're bringing your childlike self into it um so for picking out of the 70 songs was that or or more however many you wrote was that a hard process for the band or did y'all kind of all agree like these are the ones
1: um for the most part yes um i actually this time because i wrote them like i did and i, I didn't have that sort of I, I don't think i had a great perspective on them what they mm-hmm. were or which ones would fit the band and all mm-hmm. that um and so i really relied on josh and seth the bass player and piano player cool um i would call josh almost every day on facetime and be like play him a little bit of it I'm like is this dumb because like, <laughs> right, this is not our normal formula of writing songs you know that's um, cool and he just, he was so great with that. Like, would he'd be like, yeah, I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> I'll awesome. see you tomorrow, you
1: know, whatever. And then it's like, so really I let them pick a lot, um, which was also very freeing to me. It's Mm kind of like, look, I'm not driving this train. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, some reason I'm on, I get to be on it, but I I just am not, you know, uh, making all these decisions, which is nice.
0: That's so good. You need that person in your life that you can call and say, is this dumb? And they'll genuinely say, yes, that's dumb. Right. (laughs) Because then you trust them when they say, no, this is actually really good. That's awesome. So in a band, um, you know, you have to work together. I love how you just kind of talked about that. What are some of the things that you feel like y'all teach each other in the process? process of working together
1: yeah uh, a ton I mean are we all when you get in a band at the beginning everybody believes the same way kind of mm-hmm. you know and then it's we've been doing this for 20 years so wow. everybody has grown like out and crazy yeah. and and it's we raise our families in different ways and we all those things you know we're like different so sometimes when I feel like people are like what's the mission statement for the band I'm like impossible it's, it's, it's all over the place it's such a wide variety so it's tough to kind of like make it centralized, like what the band means, even <laughs> what we're yeah. trying to do exactly, you know, cause it's a group, it's a collective really at this point. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think we do learn, um, how much you just need each other. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's what everybody's been, um, saying maybe from the pandemic. I mm-hmm. uh, Hopefully that's a lesson everybody's learned, it's but I think yeah. for us, we just value the time and this time outside of music more mm-hmm. than we ever have. Yeah. Um, and nobody knows what it's like behind the curtain in our world, except for the people that are behind it. Um, yeah. And so I think, I think that's a really huge thing um, to try to figure out how to empower the people around you to have mm-hmm. that voice. Um, yeah. I'm I'm kind of a like I'm, I'm an Enneagram eight, which you know what that means. Like I'm ready to fight at all times. Yes, we did. Um, I love had, a like, good fight.
0: We just had a guy who like really specialized in the Enneagram on the podcast last week. So everybody gets what you're talking about. So you're an eight. So there you go.
1: I'm ready. I'm a challenger or whatever. I'm like ready to roll. Um, It's good to have people that I'm like, man, it might be tough for you to like challenge me because I'm going to, if I feel threatened or whatever, here we go. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think the thing we've like really tried to train and teach and and also it really has to do with the individual. I think Mm -hmm. Um, it's to empower them to have the voice when it comes to Mm -hmm. times like man you're being whack like yep. <laughs> you yeah. gotta stop. we got to back this up a couple steps like you yeah. can't talk to that guy this way or you're looking at the situation all wrong so yeah i think a little cool. healthy conflict i guess is something that we've um tried to get better at and i think it's huge
0: Cool, it's awesome. So this new album is already out, and people are loving it. Like I said, whenever I told some some people that you were going to be on the podcast, they're like, "Oh my gosh, we love their new album!" So <laughs> it's definitely going good here in Louisiana. Uh, what's what are some things that you want people to feel and take from it as they listen?
1: Yeah, I think I think a lot of those um, lessons. I think that probably the biggest thing is it's okay um, to make mistakes, and mm-hmm. that we are are going to make them. Um and then the other thing is you know the, the record's called End of the Mystery, mm-hmm. um it really is this this huge question I have in my brain because I felt like growing up conservative Christian kind of thing I felt sometimes like and I don't think it was their intention at all but I felt like if they loved me as long as I was like between these two lines mm-hmm. you know as long as I was doing what I was supposed to yeah
0: um
1: and I and I sort of resented that feeling and and yeah. you long for that freedom to be like to have people that would love you no matter where you go. Um, But now that I have kids and I'm telling them every day, like we have it written on our wall, you know, like I love you no matter what you do.
0: Um,
1: And that's a lot easier to say than it is to do because they go to school and they hit somebody, you know? (laughs) So I think I'm sort of wrestling with that in a way, you know what I mean? I'm I'm trying to figure it out and just live it out as good as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, the band, I think, was going through a lot of those uh, situation, so I, I don't know if it was meant to teach anybody anything, but just like to say, like we feel you, you know, if you're yeah. feeling this way, if you're kind of off on a new. Journey, Um, you know, we lost my brother. Left the band a couple years ago, which Mm -hmm. was kind of crazy. And then the pandemic happens, like you can't tour, and all these, just a lot of uncertainties, I guess. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And we felt really good about where we were going, but we were kind of not sure if everybody would go with us, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, Um, totally. So
1: yeah, I I think that's, um, uh, yeah, I think
0: that's the takeaway. I hope it is. No, that's so good. That it's very relatable to a lot of people. Um you know just with all that being said and how you know you grew up a conservative christian for your relationship now with god do you feel like with this mindset of having that freedom do you feel like it's drawn you a lot closer to him and has impacted your faith in a deeper way
1: i i do um yeah it's it's tricky because i think i think in some ways the more i question things the closer to god i am you know Mm -hmm. i think the more real my faith is um You know, I I feel like for a long time, it was like, I would never do that. I would never do that. And as long as all those boundaries are up there, it's like, are you really making a choice or or what's happening here? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think I think for me, um, yeah, it's been a really sweet time to go like, man, there's just so much grace and so many second, third, 15 chances that you get. Um, I feel like I don't deserve any of the things that are going on Mm -hmm. now with the band or to even be in a band still. It seems insane. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm just really. Um, thankful and that feels very sweet and I think it's you know you probably heard it with people talking about their kids and you probably feel it already Mm -hmm. Um, but you look at your kid you're not looking for something from them yep you know what I mean they really I mean my my kid today literally pooped in the woods and it got all (laughs) over his pants and everything and I was like bro (laughs) <laughs> you know what are you doing you're almost That's four years awesome. old i can't do that um and still awesome. we get here and it's like we hug it up and it's like it's all yeah. good you know um, That's awesome. and so there's something definitely to be said about i feel about the way um you know i feel loved by god in spite yeah. of all this all my weaknesses
0: so cool that's what you hear in your music and just even with you sharing it feels like such a relationship and that's what's cool i mean i've experienced that with my daughter already you're so right it's like the way that you feel love for them when you have the revelation that that's how you're loved by god it is um yeah the most freeing thing and really very a cool feeling well i've loved this conversation and i think people are going to absolutely love the new album shout it out one more time into the mystery it's so good. And now you got a little bit of a backstory on how it came to be and a little bit of backstory about your life. So thanks for sharing all of your stories. Seriously, I'm so impacted. And now I can't wait to go back and listen to it, knowing a little bit more of the heart (laughs) behind it. So thank you so much, Bear, for being on the podcast.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.